Revelation chapter number 2. Once you have found your place in Revelation chapter 2, and specifically in verse number 1, if you'd be so kind as to look up and smile, letting me know that you have found your place in God's wonderful word this morning. I see smiling faces all across God's house this morning. That's a wonderful sight to see. By the way, if you can't smile in church and chapel is an extension of the church service, I don't know where else you can smile. All right, hey, if you're, if you're going to be smiling at the event tonight, I, I'd encourage you to be smiling right now. Amen? All right, very good. If you would, please, have the respect for the reading of God's word. If you would stand with me as I read our text aloud, if you'll follow along silently with me. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 1, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them that are evil, and that thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars." And has borne and has patience. And for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. And do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly. And will remove thy candlestick out of his place. Except thou repent. And this thou hast. That thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for the gift of eternal life that comes only through your son, Jesus. We're so thankful for the death, burial, and resurrection. We're thankful for that shed blood, which was poured out in order for us to have the opportunity of receiving Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And Father, I do thank you so much for that so precious salvation. Lord, I'm thankful for the call that you've placed upon my life. I'm thankful, dear Father in heaven, for godly folks that you've placed in my path to help me be nurtured, to grow, to develop. Lord, I'm so thankful for the privilege of being able to preach here in this college chapel service. Lord, I pray that you would fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would just allow your word to resonate within the hearts, minds, and lives of those that have assembled themselves to worship you here this morning. And Lord, I do pray that we would put aside every care of the day, and Lord, that we would devote our full attention to you and the preaching of your word today. For we humbly ask it all in Jesus' mighty name and for his sake. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. The title of the message, you may be seated, the title of the message is Returning to Your First Love. Returning to Your First Love. If you're taking notes this morning... I have six main points, if you'll jot these down, if you will. We'll look at number one, the command. Number two, the commendation. Number three, the confrontation. Number four, the correction. Number five, the consolation. And number six, the concentration. First of all, the command in verse number one. The Bible says this, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. In studying this particular passage, I come to the conclusion that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is giving some direct statements to the angel of the church of Ephesus, the messenger, if you will, of the church of Ephesus. I believe that that to be be, uh, meaning that pastor of that particular church, that particular local church there. And he gives a command, and, and with that command there is the instruction, and that instruction is to do one thing, and that is to write. Unto the angel of the church at Ephesus, write. 
And so that instruction under the command is to write. But then we also not only see the instruction, but we see the identification. The Bible says this, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. Jesus Christ speaking here is referring to himself in the third person. And if you go back to Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 through 20, it is clear that this is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ speaking of himself. He says that he walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And so we see, first of all, that command, something very important that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to get across to the church at Ephesus. And he says, write these things unto the angel. And by the way, it's very interesting that in this particular portion of Scripture, that it's dealing with the leadership of the church of Ephesus. And I would encourage us to understand the importance of that, that command. Number two, the commendation. The Lord says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. We see, first of all, with that commendation, the Lord is stating their separation. He's saying, listen, I understand your works. I understand your labor. I understand thy patience and and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Wow. By the way, might the Lord Jesus Christ say that about me? Hey, by the way, I'm not trying to have fellowship with those that are doing evil. I'm trying to see him get saved. After they get saved, we can have all the fellowship in the world. But listen, a lot of times people have this idea with reaching the world that what we need to do is this. What we need to do is we all need to get together. And what we all need to do is form a circle. And what we all need to do is hold hands and sway back and forth and sing kumbaya. And that we'll all just get along just fine. (laughs) Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Au contraire. That's not what the Bible says. Bible says we need to reach them with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we hear people say this sometimes. They say, well, what we all need to do is we, we, all, we ought to just set doctrine aside. We ought not to just get wrapped around the axle with doctrine. We need to set doctrine aside and we just need to come together in love. If we just can love one another. By the way, if, if they don't love Jesus, then we don't have anything in common. By the way, if they don't love this book, we don't have anything in common. Hey, we, we just need to make sure that, that we get our priorities straight. And I'm thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ was able to recognize this pastor, this angel, this messenger of the church at Ephesus when Jesus says, I know thy works. By the way, Jesus knows your works as well. He said, well, hold on for a second, Pastor Merritt. I am serving in ministry. I have a bus route. By the way, how many of y'all are working on a bus route? Amen. Praise the Lord. I got saved through a bus route. Mercy, I am thankful to be saved. I am thankful that right after that fella that left our door from the kingdom hall, he left. I'm thankful that those folks there from Granite Baptist Church in Glen Burnie, Maryland, didn't think, well, hold on for a second. Somebody just left the door. We, we can't go and knock on that door. I'm thankful they came and knocked on the door. My parents answered the door. They said, can your kids ride our church bus to Sunday school and church? My sisters and I just about had a spell. If you're from the South, you know what a spell is. We, we had ourselves a conniption. We had ourselves a fit. Can we go, Mom? Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? My parents says, yes. Man, I learned all kinds of great songs on that church bus route. I learned about the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Bible! That's why we used to sing it back in the day. 
Hey, I learned about it. I'm in right out, right up, right down, right happy all the time. Since Jesus Christ came in and cleansed my heart from sin, I'm in right out, right up, right down, right happy all the time. Amen. Hey, listen, I am so thankful for those folks that worked that bus route. They came to my door because it was at that church that I understood that I was a sinner. I understood that I was on my way to hell. And I prayed and I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I got a good dose. Amen. And I'm thankful that I'm saved. By the way, those of you who work on the bus route, you might say, I go around trying to talk to them nappy-headed kids. And sometimes they come and sometimes they don't come. Keep on working that route. Hey, some of you going door knocking, amen? Any soul winners in the house this morning? Hey, Jesus knows your works. I'm trying to tell people about Jesus. I'm knocking doors. I'm giving out gospel tracts. I'm, I'm trying to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their very own personal Savior. Pastor Merritt, I work in a nursery. For you young ladies. Fellas, stay away from the nursery. I'm just saying, just stay away from the nursery. But ladies, those of you serving the nursery, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hey, I'm teaching the Sunday school class, Pastor Merritt. Praise the Lord. Hey, Pastor Merritt, I'm involved in discipleship. New converts are getting grounded in the word of God. And I'm being used of God to help them grow. Hey, Jesus knows your works. He says here, I know thy works here in verse number two. And thy labor. And by the way, it's W-O-R-K. How do you spell ministry? W-O-R-K. It is work. And please get a good dose of that. Understand that. By the way, I, I talk to folks sometimes, they just want it handed out to them. They don't want to work. Hey, listen, have a good work ethic. Allow that work ethic to be established. Well, if you didn't get it at home, praise the Lord. If you didn't get it at home, well, no, don't praise the Lord for that. But praise the Lord, you're getting it now. Praise the Lord, you're getting it now. If you didn't get it elsewhere, you're getting it now. And, and listen, let me just say this. Studying is work. Preparing for your classes is work. Memorizing scripture is work. Preparing for the tests and quizzes and having various projects, that's work. Jesus says, I know thy works and thy labor. Listen to this, and thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. By the way, may I say this? You know what a lot of times we can do? I, I don't know about you, but this is the way, I, the way it works with me. I can always spot evil quicker in somebody else than I can in my own heart and life. You know what, sometimes, sometimes I will get upset over somebody that has the same sin as I have. You know what that's called? Hypocrisy. To be repented of, amen. Hey, I just want to encourage us to understand what the word of God has laid out for us here. And thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Can I encourage us? Let's not get comfortable with our evil. Don't get comfortable with your evil. Don't get comfortable with sin. Word of God deals with their separation. Also, notice this, their seriousness. It says this here in the verse as well. And that thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. Wow. Wonderful for their seriousness. Well, I am the apostle so-and-so and so-and-so. I have people sometimes say, well, I'm pastor so I'm bishop so-and-so. I'm this person, that person, the other person. And you, you try them. You try the spirits. You test where they are. That's what, that's what the, the angel of the church at Ephesus did. That's what that messenger, that's what that pastor did. That's what this church was indicative of. They wanted to try them that were saying one thing and come to find out they are liars. You know, there are a lot of different aspects of applying that into the day and age in which we live now. 
that some people are, are, are claiming various things. And once you try them, you understand that they're not telling you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Can I encourage us to be serious like this situation that we're studying here in the scripture this morning was? First of all, the, uh, dealing with uh, the, their separation under, their, under the commendation, their seriousness. Also notice this, their steadfastness. Wow, notice verse 3. What if God says this? And has borne and has patience. That's mentioned again. And for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Wow. How many of you ever been tired in the ministry? Oh, mercy. Hey, that's what the word of God's talking about here. It's talking about their steadfastness. He says, and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored. Hey, you're not doing it for your name's sake. You're doing it for Jesus. Amen. Oh, man, it's hot out here. Oh, it's hot. And you might be thinking, oh, man, I'm trying to serve Jesus. And you start sweating and you just want to say, somebody help me. You know, you're, you're thinking, I might be out here all by myself. I mean, it's just a couple of us and we have all these houses we're trying to take care of. And we have this class and we're trying to wipe all these kids' noses and trying to teach them the Bible. And, and that kid is just ramped up on something. I mean... Did somebody give him some red Kool-Aid? My mom had to keep the red Kool-Aid away from me. I'm not about putting labels on people. But I think that if I were going to school today and I went to public school, um, all my grade school years, but went to public school, I think today that they would have a new category for me. Not ADHD, but HD ADHD. That's heavy duty. Attention deficit hyperactivity, hyperactivity disorder. Now, I don't believe in putting labels on people and things of that nature. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to be an integrationist and, and integrate the world's terms with the Bible. But I'm just simply saying I was a wound up kid. And I'm thankful that in Sunday school that I had teachers. Man, they just sat on me and let me know. By the way, I'm thankful I had a dad that I, when I sat in the worship service, like, got me under control. My dad had a reach like nobody's business. I remember one time it was my dad, my mom, my sisters and me. And I guess I wasn't paying attention to the level that my dad thought was, would be appropriate in the church service. And he leaned against my, leaned around my mom. And my dad, my dad lifted weights. You have to understand that. And my dad had some thick fingers. And he just reached out and flicked me upside my head. The shock wave went from the crown of my head to the sole of my foot. And then my dad had the laser beams on me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I looked down at my dad. I mean, I, I'm thinking the pastor hurt the thump you know, from the pulpit. And I, and I kind of looked over at my dad and my dad gave me that look like there's more where that came from when you get home, boy. And so I just made sure I paid attention very seriously. Uh, and uh, God is good. But, but sometimes you just think we're working, we're laboring in it. And there's sometimes I just want to throw in the towel. I want to quit. I don't like Bible college no more. I think it's time for me to go home. I, 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 I won't prepare to serve God. I, I, I'm just tired. I, I just got so much on my plate and I just feel, I feel so overwhelmed. I just need a time out. I need to find my safe place. I just, I, I, I just need some help. Hey, may I encourage you? Be steadfast. Be steadfast. Keep on serving God. Well, nobody amen my message. That's okay. You don't preach to get amen anyway.
place, you preach to be obedient to God. Can I get a witness? Amen. Got my amen. All right. <laughs> but may, may I encourage us? Be steadfast. Well, nobody knows how long I've been serving. Nobody knows how long I've been preparing. I cut out every one of those cutouts for that bulletin board. I got 50 paper cuts. Hey, be steadfast. Be steadfast. I've knocked on the same door. They say, no, not today, not this week, next, maybe next week. Be steadfast. Jesus says, and has borne, and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. I like that. He marks their steadfastness. Are we marked that way? Or when it starts getting a little difficult, we start questioning, well, maybe this is not the will of God for my life. Follow Jesus. I I need to hasten. Uh, Number one, the command. Number two, the commendation. Notice number three, the confrontation. We, We find a very interesting word in verse number four. And it's the word, nevertheless. Nevertheless, Jesus says, I have somewhat against thee. I can you just picture them that that the pastor there and uh, that that angel that minister that messenger of the church at Ephesus and he's like yeah that's right man we, we uh, Jesus knows my works yeah Jesus knows my I'm doing this for Jesus I'm doing this for him and he probably yeah all right as he's reading that 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 letter and then all of a sudden he gets to nevertheless I have someone against thee that would catch a hold of my attention. By the way, I might not be the sharpest axe in the woodshed, but if a whole bunch of good stuff was said and then all of a sudden I hear the word nevertheless, I'm bracing for impact. Okay? We see, first of all, in verse number four, the introducing the confrontation. Introducing the confrontation. Jesus says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. That is the introducing of the confrontation. But then we have number two, the identifying the controversy. He says, nevertheless, I have someone against thee because thou hast left thy first love. That's identifying the controversy. Thou hast left thy first love. Did you know this college student? You could, lose, you could leave your first love. No, no, Pastor Merritt, I'm in Bible college. I am preparing to serve Jesus. Pastor Merritt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be involved in the old book, walking the old paths. I, I'm not gonna be ashamed to be called an independent, fundamental, amen, Baptist. I'm gonna serve God. No matter what people are doing, no matter what wacky trends are coming out there, I'm gonna stay rooted and grounded in Christ. I'm gonna move forward to the glory of God. Pastor Merritt, I'm just going to go that way. But please understand this. The Bible says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Was there anything wrong with Jesus said prior to that? No. He commended them. But he had a key identifier that they had left their first love. That's their first love in order of priority. You know what? Sometimes if we're, if we're not careful, college student, by the way, let me just say this. That this is true for me as well. Anybody ever have in your time, your Christian growth, that you just get a, you hit a dry patch? Anybody ever hear, hit a dry patch? And you're like, well, you know, I mean, praise the Lord. I mean, God's working in their life, but you know, and I'm, I'm kind of dry right now. You know, I mean, I got nothing. I mean, I'm coming up on empty. I'm running on fumes. Stick your key in the ignition. <laughs> 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 Click, 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 click. Silent. Anybody ever have that happen? 
How about in your spiritual life? Anybody ever have that happen in your spiritual life? Hey, we're all there sometimes. Can I encourage you? Don't lose your first love. Don't leave your first love. Your, your first love is, in order of priority, is your relationship with Jesus. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. May I encourage you, Colossians, don't lose your first love. Don't leave, excuse me, don't leave your first love. So, Pastor, uh, Pastor I, I do love Jesus. But you know what? I just got real busy. I mean, God understands. I mean, I'm studying, I'm memorizing verses, I'm writing papers, I'm involved in projects, I'm serving in Christian service extension. I am busy, busy, busy. Might be some of you say, Pastor Merida, play a little round ball, man, I'm just getting a rock to the hole. It might be a cheerleader, I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm busy with all of that. I'm involved in much. And if you're not careful, by the way, and if I'm not careful, I can get dry in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And college students, so can you. We can, we can leave our first love in our service for Jesus. We say, well, hold on. Jesus says, look, I know you're doing it for me. For my name's sake, you've done that. We just read that. But Jesus says, but nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because I was left Thy first love. Colossians, can I encourage you? Don't lose your first, don't leave your first love. Don't, don't leave that. They're being confronted with that. In fact, the, the angel, the church of Ephesus is being confronted with that. Notice number four in our outline. Number four, the correction. I'm thankful Jesus didn't say, hey, look, that's wrong. And then he leaves them alone. I'm thankful that he provides correction, aren't you? Hey, aren't you thankful that, that you have an administration and you have folks in leadership that if you get crosswise, they're there to point out what you did, what was wrong, but they're also able to be there to show you how to correct the situation. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that just like the Lord to do that? He points out, nevertheless, I have someone against thee because thou hast left thy first love. And then he gives them the way to get that rectified. We see the correction. Notice what he says here, first of all, in verse number uh, five, the very first word, he says, remember, therefore, from whence thou hast fallen. He tells them, hey, remember, remember the way it was before you left your first love. Hey, remember, remember those days when everything was, was sweet with Jesus? Remember when you first got saved? Y'all remember that? When you first got saved, you're like, man, if God does not answer another prayer, that's going to be okay with me because I'm on my way to heaven. Wow, this is great. This is wonderful. And then life starts happening. Hey, he says, remember, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Remember where you were before you fell. He also tells them this, repent. In that verse, he says, remember, therefore, from whence thou hast fallen and repent. That's a change of mind that produces a change of attitude that produces a change of direction, a change of behavior, a change of conduct. He says, repent. And then what else does he tell them to do? He tells them to repeat. Repent. And then he says this, and do the first works. Hey, repeat what you did before you fell. Repeat and do what you did before you left your first love. 
And then verse, this is amazing to me, a, a forethought here dealing with the correction deals with the retribution. Notice those two words there, or else. How many ever had your mama tell you, or else? You ever have your daddy tell you, or else? Hey, listen, I never went to find out what or else was. Remember in 1985, I went to a wonderful summer camp. It was in South Carolina in the city of Beaufort. Man, I tell you what, those camp counselors were excellent, wonderful camp counselors. They made sure, Dr. Getz, that we got the proper exercise. They made sure we got the proper nutrition. They made sure that we got the proper knowledge. It came in a green binder and, they, and, and, and all those wonderful things. But, but the thing was, they, 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 they had these different looking hats. And they wore these belts. In fact, those hats were called campaign covers. Those camp counselors were called drill instructors. And I'm just going to tell you what, as it related to that, that, that was a wonderful experience for me. And, 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 and there were times where our senior drill instructor would tell us something and then he would say, or else. We never wanted to find out what or else was. I'll never forget, I'll never forget the, the, the times there were our series Chief drill instructor, Gunnery Sergeant Marshall would say, he'd say something and then we'd all say that our platoon was going to win and, and he'd say, put up or shut up, talk is cheap. And I just think, I, I can still hear that voice in my head, put up or shut up, talk is cheap. And I just say, oh mercy, sometimes you go, well I love Jesus. The words of series chief drill instructor, Gunnery Sergeant Marshall, uh, Marshall put up or shut up talk is cheap. And folks, I I just want to simply say that we need to make sure that we don't find out what the or else is. He says this, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. What he says is, look, I'm going to remove the church. I'm going to close the doors of the church. I'm going to remove you and I'm going to take away your candlestick. Hey, I, I don't want that to have the Lord to have to say that about me. You don't want the Lord to have to say that about you. Hey, how many of y'all love your home church? You love your home pastor. This is great being in college, and this is all wonderful. And, and praise the Lord for that, not to take anything away from what you're getting, but, 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 but you just, man, that's my home church. That's my pastor. Praise the Lord for that. And listen, if Lancaster Baptist Church is your home church, your home pastor, I'm not saying anything disparaging about any of that, but what I'm simply saying is you don't want the doors to close, do you? I don't want the doors to close. I don't want the doors to close to, to any ministry in which the gospel is being preached. Jesus is being magnified. The word of God is, is being lifted high. And people are hearing the gospel and receiving Christ as Savior. And, and, and may I say this as well, and, and I don't believe there's anything wrong to say, but, but, but holding the King James Bible and walking in the old paths and just desiring to serve God. And, and, and just desiring to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible says this, if you don't. Get back to your first love. The or else will take place. If you choose to live in a backslidden state, the word of God is communicating uh, to this angel, the church of Ephesus, I'll close your doors. I'll close your doors. I'm going to remove the candlestick. That's tough. That's, that's tough retribution. That's a tough payment. By, by the way, who, who calls those shots? Not me, not you, but Almighty God. Understand this as well. We, we see the consolation, our fifth point, the consolation. Verse number six. It says this, but this thou hast, 
that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So he deals with some commendation. He deals with some correction. He's dealing with some consolation. He's saying, listen, he addresses, number one, their anger. And then number two, their agreement. First of all, their anger. He says, hate, hate. Well, I thought Pastor Mary was supposed to love everything and love everybody. No, we ought to love the sinner and hate the sin. He says that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. That has the idea of those that dominate the people, conquering the people, having a, 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 a means of, of, of uh, reigning over, ruling over the people. There are those that would say that, that they believe that it was in the doctrine of Lake Nicolaitans is where you have the clergy people, clergy laity class. But nevertheless, the doctrine, the deeds of the Nicolaitans were them just reigning over, ruling over the people with an iron-fisted tenacity. Jesus says, hey, look, that, that, that's good hate. You hate that deed. By the way, it's okay for us to hate deeds. It's okay for us to hate doctrines that don't comply with the doctrine of Scripture, false doctrine. It's okay to hate that. It deals with righteous indignation. He says, you have a righteous indignation. You have a hate for the deeds of the Nicolaitans. By the way, Jesus says this, I also hate that too. Their agreement. He says, which I also hate. So that's a great consolation. Number six, and we'll, we'll be done this morning, the concentration. He says this, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Number one, it, it requires being observant, the observant, the observant. He says, he that hath an ear, hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You ever, you ever been with somebody and you've heard the same thing that they've heard and you get it, but they don't? You ever, you ever been there? Uh, I'm not quite sure. I'm picking up what you're putting down. You know, and, but Jesus says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto. Notice this. Not just the church at Ephesus, but later on there are six other churches that the Lord Jesus Christ addresses, including this church at Ephesus, seven in total. But he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, plural. So this is not only to the angel of the church at Ephesus, but to all the church members and to all the other churches. The observant, are we observant? Number two, the overcomer. He says this, to him that overcometh. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be an overcomer. Man, I'll tell you what, when, when, when drama happens in your life spiritually, overcome it in Jesus' name. If you've recognized that you have left your first love, overcome it and move forward to the cause of Christ. Get that love back where it ought to be. And then number three, we see the opportunity. Latter part of verse number seven, it says this, uh, him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That wonderful opportunity. Hey, whenever you have eating involved, you know what? That implies fellowship. Are you with me on that? How, how many of y'all like to have a meal together with folk? You like to have a I'm telling you, it's just something about when you sit down and you're eating a meal with somebody and you're having fellowship with them. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, there's a, a, a family that we, uh, that, that just joined our church on, on, Sunday, uh, on Sunday morning and we're excited about that. God is good. I, they joined the church on Sunday morning and, and the mom and daughter were singing in the choir on Sunday night. That's good stuff. But prior to that, a, a deacon and I, Brother Daniel Ward and I, went by and, and we met with them and we heard their testimonies of salvation and scriptural baptism, reported that to the rest of the men on the board, and they provided a meal for us. I had something that evening I have never had before. I hope it's not the last time I have it. 
But I had a meal called chicken adobo. I'm telling you what, they had the rice there. They had the chicken adobo there. And I, they said, have you ever had chicken adobo? I said, no, nah, I've had, I've had uh, lumpia and poncet, but I, I haven't had chicken adobo. And it's all oh, chicken adobo. And I was like, all right. So I said, make sure I'm eating this the right way. They, by the way, they also, just in case they didn't think that we would like that, they had a full spread of KFC as well. So they had a big old bucket of KFC and, and they had the, the mashed potatoes and gravy and some macaroni and cheese and some corn there. And you can't forget about the biscuits. Somebody say amen. amen. And so I just thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat both of them. <laughs> yes, I said both. Not both, but both with an F. I, I'm going to eat both of them. So I got some, I got some rice. I put some rice down on the plate. And I, I got some of that chicken adobo. I said, you put the chicken adobo on top of the rice? Yeah. And you, oh, you need some of that gravy? I put some of that gravy up on top of there. Oh, yes, indeed. Most definitely. I, I reached in that bucket and got a fried drumstick. I got some mashed potatoes and gravy on there. I got some, some, uh, got some, some, some carrots on there. And I got a biscuit on there. And let me tell you this. I went back for seconds. got some more chicken adobo. I'm t- I had myself a time. But, but I say all that to say this. There's an opportunity for fellowship. He says, well, I give to eat of the tree of life. And again, there's more to that than, than what I'm giving credit to. And I don't have enough time to fully develop it. But please understand this, that we have fellowship with Jesus. Please understand that. College students, could I encourage you if you recognize, hey, things have been a little lean. Did y'all just recently have midterm exams or you got midterm exams coming up? Just, just really had, okay. I'm in aftershock. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just recovering from midterm exams. Praise the Lord. Amen. Move forward to the glory of God. Could, could I encourage you? Return to your first love. If you recognize. How about, how about, how about, there might be somebody here this morning that might say this. Pastor Merritt, I haven't left my first love, but I feel I'm stepping away. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. Could I encourage you? Get back to loving Jesus the way Jesus desires to be loved. Make sure that you have a thing, those things properly prioritized in your life. Could I encourage us? And listen, as I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. I need to make sure that I am continuously returning to my first love. First, in order of priority, and that's my relationship with Jesus Christ.